Hello, everyone. This is John from ROHCast, and uh, we have received a letter from ROHCast lawyer, Edward Patricks. Unfortunately, I have bad news. ROHCast has given Harry, the host of the podcast, a week off. However, what we didn't realize is that his one-year contract expired at 4.27 p.m. on October 29, 2012. Due to this, Harry has refused to come onto the show, saying that he is now a free agent. As we are bleeding money, we can't afford to bring Harry in on a freelance basis. Moreover, we have no cash to provide musical introductions and interludes for the various segments of the show. ROHCast would like to wish Harry the best in his future endeavors. And may God have mercy on his soul. Amen. Well, that's a, a shocking statement from our lawyer there, but um, I suppose we'll just have to carry on and do the best we can without Harry. Um, I'm Stephen, I'm the co-owner and the editor of the website, and uh, you just heard Podcast's Worst Nightmare, John. Yes, yeah, so we'll find some way, somehow, to make it through this podcast. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll manage it somehow. Um, we'll have the, the usual things on the show, uh, as, as we normally do. We'll have the TV sort of review uh, of the latest TV show on SBG. We'll also have um, listener topics and questions towards the end of the show. And we'll also have the latest news um, from Ring of Honor in general. Uh, events coming up. I know they've announced a lot of events for 2013, so we'll discuss all about them and uh, we'll give you the, the latest news. Um, first of all, we will talk about the latest RHTV on SVG. It was the 27th of October. Um, it featured the final of the Survival of the Fittest tournament, as well as uh, a tag team match at the start of the show. Um, that tag team match was the Briscoe Brothers against the Bravados. Um, this was I quite enjoyed this match actually. I wasn't expecting much from it because obviously with the the final was going to take sort of precedent in in this show. But for for what they had about five or six minutes, I thought they did well. And the Bavados again looked pretty good. They've looked good since they came from Japan. Briscoe is obviously uh, as good as always. And they picked up the win with the Doomsday device. But yeah, I thought it was quite an entertaining match. What did you think, John? I completely agree. I didn't even think we are getting any other matches except the Survival of the Fittest final on this show. So this was a great addition and a nice little surprise to start the show out. And I agree. I thought this was a, a really good match. The Bravados have really improved since returning from Japan earlier this year. And the Briscoes, as you said, are great as always. And although this is, what, a seven-minute match at the longest, it was still an enjoyable match. And I hope to see more from the Bravados in the future. Yeah, I think the thing with the Bravados is they, I mean, they even though they they are, I would say heels. They just, I think they just need to sort of just be more focused with their gimmick. I think if they just act more like heels rather than, I think they sort of act as sort of tweeners at the moment. They're not really sort of heel or face. But I think if they just turn fully heel, and I, I think the, the the crowd would react to them a lot better then. But I think in the ring they they're always improving, and yeah, hopefully we'll uh, we'll see more of them in the future. Um, after the match, we had one of the best segments ever on ROH on SBG. It's probably up not there. Just, not just on ROH on SBG, one of the best that. segments in television history. In, yeah, in television history. This, this is what the TV was made for, for segments like this. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it, it was. it's rivaling the, the Mike Mondo and Maria sort of um, lock mouth rate. from a couple of, yeah, mouth rate from a couple of weeks ago. Um, yeah, after, after this match... Um, the Guns of Truth come to the, the come out of the entrance way with microphones. Um, they say that Truth Martini is too busy trying to say the House of Truth, and they've become an afterthought. Which, uh, yeah, I thought they were an afterthought through their with everybody anyway. But um, they decided that they want to do things their own way, and they also add that they're a former WWF tag team, um, former WWF tag team champions, not WWE. They emphasize the F. That's how they, they made sure we understood. They were in the Federation. Yeah, they, they, these are old school. Um, they then took off their masks to reveal themselves as Marsh and Thresher, the headbangers. Wow. This is oh the big reveal. My God. Th this equals ratings. I mean, one, one million viewers a week? Screw that. We're, gonna, we're going five million. This is going to... Shoot, five million. Ten million. Just... Uh, 
everybody in the globe's not watching Ring of Honor right now, I don't know what they're doing because mm-hmm. Ring of Honor has Marsh and Thrasher. All, all, all the hipsters are going to be watching ROH. They're going to be wearing skirts. They're going to be, you know, this is the new, this is a new thing, you know. Uh, it was, yeah, it was incredible. They also um, they went on to sort of have a few words with the Briscoes, and they used, um, they called them the Briscoe Sisters. Oh, look at Briscoe. They're, they're running rings around the Briscoes on the mic with that one. I mean, that was just that's it. That's an incredible sort of little. Um, little that is the that is the Debo to end all Debo's. <laughs> that was amazing, and um, they also came out with the the their parting shot was uh, you can do it the easy way, you can do it the hard way, or you can do it the headbanger way, and then they just both had little seizures and danced around a bit. <laughs> I wonder what the headbanger way is. <laughs> Because I want to avoid that. Because I'm pretty sure that just means metal and mediocrity your entire lives, and don't accomplish anything of note, and but rest on your past laurels that you got handed. <laughs> yeah, I think the it, it means do something of of note, and then sit around for 15 years, and then appear somewhere and just talk. The headbangers they they comes of former WWF tag team champions, and while that is true. Let's take a closer look at what that reign really was. They won the belts on September the 7th. Not to, to, not 2007, but 1997. <laughs> 15 years ago. Fifteen years ago. I was seven. Was Adam Cole even born then? Was... We were barely born then. <laughs> Most people who watch wrestling these days probably wasn't born then. And the ones that were probably didn't care. Exactly. They they won the vacated titles in a four-way match, but they lost the belts 28 days later. So their one title run that they had, that they're so proud of, didn't even last one month. But to be fair to them, they, they did lose the belts to one of the best tag teams of all time. That is right. They did lose the belts to Henry and Phineas, the Godwins. <laughs> yeah, they lost. You know, the Godwins were a formidable tag team. You know, they. Uh, it's no disgrace to lose to them. I mean, that's uh, yeah, that's, that's unlucky for the, the headbangers. But yeah, it was it was bad. It wasn't it wasn't something that. Got me excited for anything in the future. Uh, I've no idea why anyone thought bringing the headbangers in would be a good idea. They um, haven't been relevant in nearly 20 years, and even when they were relevant, nobody cared about them anyway. <laughs> I mean, even I mean, when when they're under the masks of being that you know the guys of truth, they were terrible. But at least we didn't have to look at them. You know, at least we could just sort of pretend they were just two random, really bad guys that they just picked up off the streets to wrestle. But now, I mean, I don't know what they're hoping to gain from this big reveal. I mean, no one cared about the Guns of Truth. No one cares about the Headbangers. So I'm not really sure, you know, what they're trying to gain from all of this. But, I mean, I, I, I have no idea who even thought of this. I mean, I've heard that they were, they, they're they friends with Cornette or at least they're sort of, uh, you know, associated with Cornette. I think Cornette was actually in the WF at the time of the, the Headbangers. So I'm guessing that's sort of the link. But... Uh, um, I mean, we'll, we'll talk about the, the TV tapings this weekend a bit, uh, a bit later because the headbangers are actually scheduled for that taping. But hopefully, maybe post-final battle, we won't have to see them again because, I don't know. I mean, at, at least with the Matt Hardy thing, people could maybe say that, you know, Hardy's going to bring a few more buys or, you know, a bit of buzz to the, the, the product. But I don't think anyone outside of RRH is going to be sort of, oh, the headbangers are on this this show. We should go and watch it or... Headbangers are wrestling for ROH. We should go and watch that. But I don't if you're know. not watching the Headbangers and ROH, you're not watching quality entertainment. Is what I say. That exactly. That that that, that should be on their, their their new T-shirt. That should be the on the back. I mean, that's a much better slogan than "Real Men Wear Skirts." <laughs> it is. <laughs> um, moving on to slightly uh, less entertaining things, we then have the the final of the Survival of the Fittest. Um, unfortunately. Uh, Marsh and Thrasher were not in this match, but um, but they should, but they will be next year. Yeah, they will be next year. Um, before the the match, we had a we saw a video package uh, showing 
the winners of uh, previous Survivor Fittest, uh, they sort of show the the end of the final. Um, and I don't know if it was just you, but I was sort of surprised about how many of them ended in submission. More or less, every single one of them ended in submission. Yeah, I didn't really no- notice that while watching it, but now you mention it. Yeah, I suppose that all the guys that sort of won sort of had submission finishes, so I suppose it's not that except, weird. But... Except Tyler Black, and it looked like that ending was really botched. Yeah, he, he did look a bit dis- disappointed. and it, I mean, he kicked out way before three, didn't he? It was like two and a half. Yeah, I don't think Matt was supposed to end there. Yeah, or I, I guess he wasn't supposed to kick out at that, and he just... I don't know. He just, I'd, it, yeah, it didn't look great, but um, yeah, it was, I mean, it was quite a good video package. I mean, RH aren't really known for their video packages, but it was, it was quite good. I thought it hyped up the sort of importance of Survival of the Fittest. I mean, you know, to be fair, all the guys that have won it have gone on to, you know, have gone into bigger and better things after sort of winning it. So it really sort of put over the importance of the the uh, the match. Um, this is a very well done package, and <laughs> that got me more excited for the match we were about to see. Hmm. Uh, the so the, the, the final of the survival of the fittest saw Jay Lethal against Adam Cole against Mike Mundo against David Richards um, against Roderick Strong against Michael Elgin. Um, Richards and Strong, I believe, started off the match. Um, Mike Mundo was the was the first to go uh, after a sick kick. I think Strong blind tagged himself in and hit a sick kick on Mundo, um, and then. It was strong. Actually, was was next to be pinned. Um, a back fist from Algin followed by a super kick from Adam Cole uh, eliminated him. Uh, Cole then got eliminated by Algin, uh, a buckle bomb and a um, the spinning power bomb left. Uh, Lethal Algin and Richards. Uh, Richards and Lethal sort of tried to d- double team um, Algin, but it didn't really work. Uh, he. Algin came off looking really good, I thought, after this, because uh, he was, he was, you know, taking so much punishment from both guys, and eventually, he like an absolute monster right here. Yeah, he did. Um, I think after about three or four kicks, sort of stereo kicks, he finally went down. They both uh, pinned him, and then it came down to Lethal and uh, Richards, the, the final two. The RH locker room came down just before they sort of uh, locked up and surrounded the. The ring, which I thought was quite cool, um, they were just sort of banging them mat, and I thought it just created quite a good atmosphere. Uh, yeah, all of them came down except Kyle O'Reilly, who kind of creeped <laughs> on the entranceway. Yeah, everyone else is just surrounding the ring, and we just saw a figure sort of standing by the entranceway, and we, and then after about five minutes uh, of of Lethal and Richards, they, they sort of went to O'Reilly, who just sort of stood there looking really annoyed, and he uh, like the creepy guy who stands in the corner of parties, just waiting for his <laughs> chance to take advantage of a drunk girl. Yeah, everyone's like, "Who who invited this guy? No, we don't know him." And he's just sort of standing <laughs> there, just yeah. He he looked really awkward, and but yeah, that that's Kyle Riley all over, I guess. But um, yeah, after a few, I'd say about four or five minutes of some really good back and forth action, you know, lots of sort of near falls, and it was I thought they did this really well. Uh, Lethal and Richards. Um, uh, yes, I said that they they did it really well. I thought, um, and towards the end, Lethal kicked out from a was it a superplex and then a, a brainbuster, which was that looked really good. I thought uh, that was, uh, I liked that quite a bit. Mm. And then a, I think Lethal hit a dragon suplex, um, and then an Inziguri followed by a lethal injection, and he finally got the win after uh, lots of near falls. Uh, crowd was chanting, "That was awesome." Uh, what do you think of the the match overall, John? I thought it was I thought it was really well done. I agree with the fans. I thought this match was awesome. No one wrestler really overstayed their welcome, and no one wrestler really, I guess, like did too much to overshadow everybody else. I guess yeah. that, makes, that makes sense. They all kind of played their role perfectly, and each wrestler got their chance to shine. Whether it was you know Mondo's moonsault from the top rope to the outside, or Elgin getting to show off his crazy strength and power. Every wrestler fit this fit their role perfectly and the storylines going through this match flowed perfectly with Elgin going after Strong and Lethal doing everything he can to make sure he gets his title shot. And when we first saw the results of this match with Lethal being the 2012 the fittest winner, I wasn't too pleased with it. I was kind of skeptical. But now that we've seen how his character has progressed, now that we know how the Killer Instinct thing is going, and 
what has happened to his character between Steen and what what happened at Glory by Honor with, when he got on the microphone and talked about Ring of Honor. I think this really helped. I think that really helped me get behind the decision to put Lethal as the 2012 Survival of the Fittest winner. Because beforehand, he was just a good wrestler with no character. But now he's a good wrestler with a pretty good character as well. And it makes me want to see him wrestle. And it made me actually care that he won it. And I'm excited to see where he's going from here. Yeah, I think I have to credit. I mean, I, I know I've spoken a lot about Jay Lethal in the past and said that I've, you know, I've always thought he's a good wrestler, but he wasn't particularly an interesting sort of character who I particularly wanted to see wrestle. But I do credit ROH for you know trying to try and swing with him. And the, the character is... I think he's improving and he's, he's becoming more logical and I think it is working now. Um, as you said, I think it was it makes sense to you know give him the sort of win. I mean, Adam Cole, I mean, he's not really going to win the world title at his, sort of his stage, um, especially being TV, uh, TV champion. Mondo, again, not really at the, the level to be challenging for the world title. Um, Richards, I think we've seen Richards and Steen enough and obviously Richards isn't allowed to... Um, Tragedy for the title with Steen holding it anyway. Strong, again, we've seen a lot of him in and around the world title picture. And obviously him and Algin are going to be uh, having uh, a feud now as well. So I think Lethal was really the only sort of logical winner. And uh, it sort of, you know, it has helped him. Uh, you know, it's given him a title show and it has, it has sort of pushed his character forward as well. So as you said, I think reading the results, it wasn't really you know exciting me at all but I, th I think they've, they've done it well and I, I am sort of you know looking forward to to lethal and uh, you know what happens with him and steam because um i think it's quite an interesting little storyline and so i do credit rh for uh you know making lethal interesting really um so that when was, do you see so, him using his title shot and do you think he, do you think he wins the belt on his opportunity um i mean i i, I still think final battle but i, I know but when Sorry, but they said that uh, Lethal can't face Steen again. Yeah, that's the one thing. But I mean, with, with all that they've had, that they, they've got to have you know Lethal and Steen face off again, haven't they? With that, you know the outcome of the New Jersey show, they've got to have them face again. They've got to be some sort of way around that because I mean I, I don't know how they're going to do that, but I, I think he will be the next champion because I think they've built him up pretty well and. You know, I think really he's the only him and Algie are really the only two guys, in my opinion, at the sort of stage that that could really be considered sort of uh, worthy champions or people who uh, you know uh, people expect them to win the belt. And Algin just had his his chance, and I think Algin will probably be the champion after Lethal. But I don't know. He's uh, again. I mean, I suppose that's good that they've got us guessing. I mean, that's part of what we like about wrestling. Really, he's not knowing what's going to happen, but. Um, but yeah, I am looking forward to Lethal and when he does cash it in. Um, so yeah, so well done RH for on that front. Uh, so yeah, that that ends the the show. Um, obviously, the the main event was great, and the first match was pretty good as well. So overall, I I really liked this episode. What do you think, John? I agree. This is one of the better episodes in recent memory. So mm. if you haven't seen it, go check it out. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, you would want to check it out because I believe next week we. We go back to our favorite uh, type of RH TV, and that is Road Rage. They got the rage part right. <laughs> um, it's from Glory by Anna, which I suppose, you know, it was a good show and all, but I'm not sure, you know, I'm, I'm going to be in a rush to go back and watch it on TV a few weeks. It after was what, two it. weeks ago? Three weeks ago? Yeah, yeah, it was about three weeks ago, so... Uh, I, I'm still not a big fan of this whole road race thing, especially from iPay-per-views. From house shows, I think it would work better. But I think they need to replace Inside ROH with Road Rage, where they show clips from house shows. Yeah, they did that with the... I think, was it the North Carolina and South Carolina shows? Where they had oh, that... From, um, from around this time last year? Yeah, when they had that, that, that really long um, tag match that went like an hour and twenty. And they did a whole episode, basically cut it down to like 45 minutes. Yeah, so if they did more stuff like that, I'd be fine with it. But I think this is actually the first episode ever to not have Inside ROH. Yeah, I was thinking that. Yeah, I suppose they just didn't didn't have time for it, especially with like the um, the video package hyping up Survival of the Fittest and everything. And I suppose. But I don't know how to how I'm going to get through my week without Kevin Kelly's corny introductions. Yeah. Well, yes, that's a good point. I, yeah, I, I will miss that, but. 
Um, I'm sure they'll uh, they'll make up for it next week. There'll be plenty of time with with Road Rage on. So uh, so yeah, go and watch that if you you missed it. Um, up next, we're going to go through this week's news. Um, if we hadn't heard enough about the headbangers, we will now hear more as as John has some news about the uh, the headbangers. If you haven't heard enough about the headbangers, you can never hear too much <laughs> about the headbangers. You need to hear more. Maybe we should just have headbanger cast or something. I don't know. We need to get them on at our next interview. That's 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 a good idea. I'm sure they follow us on Twitter, so I'm sure we could. I'm sure that I, I hope they don't listen to it. Otherwise, they'll probably ignore us. But so, uh, Mr. Mosh, Mr. Thrasher, <laughs> if you would please join us on an episode of ROHcast where we can discuss your your amazing careers and your skirts and your skirts yes and your time as beaver cleavage <laughs> but this saturday is another round of television tapings this time they'll take place in pittsburgh pennsylvania or right outside pittsburgh but close enough to where you can say pittsburgh and it's going to be the final set of tv tapings before final battle so you should really see the card for the for the biggest show of the year really start to take shape, and we should really know more about what's going to happen at Final Battle after the Saturday show. And just announced for this Saturday's TV tapings will be Mosh and Thrasher, the Headbangers. Yes. Doing battle against the Briscoes, yeah. a.k.a. Briscoe Sisters. <laughs> well, this is going to be this is going to be some match. I mean, this um... is going to be a classic. I, I'm I'm predicting six stars. It's going to be that good. It's going to break the scale. <laughs> I mean, if, if any of their previous matches together are any indication, we're in for one doozy of a match here. <laughs> that was the ropes' fault. Come on, cut them some slack. And then, without the match, they might be able to, might be able to see things. Maybe they couldn't see. Maybe that's why they were so bad. Or maybe their lack of talent and being 15 years past their prime is the reason why they're no, still... No, don't be silly. I'll give them the benefit of the they doubt. Won the tag, they won the WWF tag team title. You don't win those titles if you're a bad tag team. You have a good point there. Yeah. Actually, didn't Hurricane and Rosie win it? Damn. There's a hurricane coming through. Literally. Yeah, so, yeah, if you're living in the Northeast, be safe. Sandy. Now you know what it's like to live in Florida. <laughs> I've never seen a hurricane. I've, I, I freak out when we get a bit of rain, so... Yeah. Uh, well, the good thing about living in Jacksonville is that we're kind of in a little pocket here where the only way we'll ever get hit by hurricanes is if it's a direct hit from east to west. We're pretty much safe from any kind of natural disaster here. And it's awesome. Well, now, now you said that. If, if something happens, you know, the blood is going to be on your hand. Yeah, I, I, I caused it. <laughs> but other than the head players, this is a pretty stacked TV taping. So we're just going to quickly run through the card and kind of give our thoughts on the matches. And as I say stacked TV tapings, I start with this match, which kind of makes me look like a liar. As God's gift, QT Marshall, or Marshall, Takes on Adam Page. And Adam Page has had a couple matches on TV, and he's looked pretty decent, but he's going against Marshall. Ugh. Yeah, I'm not a big fan of Marshall. I don't think anyone really is. I just don't see what he sort of brings to the table. I mean, maybe he'll be a bit more interesting now that he's got R.D. Evans with him, but I don't know. I, I mean, you know, the, the recent house show that he was on, he lost to Bobby Fischer, he's... Isn't even a regular on the roster, so does that mean that RH has already given up on him? I don't know. Um, I hope so. <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's going to be, it's not going to last very long. It's going to be one of those. He'll probably, I mean, Marshall will probably get a, a, a win, I should imagine. But um, yeah, it's not going to be a classic, I don't think. Up next is Wrestling Street's tag team, Chilton Benjamin and Charlie Haas, taking on Caprice Coleman. And Cedric Alexander. This should be an interesting match. I'm actually looking forward to this one quite a bit. I think these two teams can do something good together. Yeah, I mean, I, I think we've we've praised CNC a lot recently. I think they just they're, they're improving a lot as a team. When they first came in, I wasn't 100 sure about them as as a tag team. But I think they've really improved, and I think they've got to a point now where they are sort of, uh, you know, that they are improving every every match. They 
they always put on good matches anyway, but I think they uh, character-wise are improving. I think they're over with the crowd now. So, if anything, I think we that they could be prime uh, contenders for the next tag champs as well because um, yeah, they're definitely uh, improving every every time they go out there. So it should be this yeah, this should be a good match. I'm I'm looking forward to that one. And then we get what we've all been waiting for: another Women of Honor match. Oh yes, as mischief. It was one on one with, with Marsh. Allison K. Oh, I thought Marsh was going to be involved in this one. <laughs> no, real men wear skirts, <laughs> not women. I I just, it's, uh, I, why I don't know why they're bothering with this. I mean, there's there's just no there isn't a women of honor division anymore. There isn't. I mean, the only woman that's actually permanent member of the roster is Maria, and she's not a wrestler really. She. Uh, you know, Mischief, she, you know, has matches now and again, but I don't know. I mean, I'm sure people who have listened to the podcast, you know, since it started will know that I'm not not a fan of women's wrestling at all. I'd rather not see it on ROH TV or any other TV for that matter, but I don't know. I just don't, it's just one of those matches that I don't see. At least if they had a division, it would sort of, it would make sense and it would be there for a reason, but this is going to be one of those matches that, Neither person is a member of the roster. Neither, you know, it's just going to be one of those random matches that no one really cares about. It says it's a special attraction, but I don't see how many people are going to go to a TV taping just so to a, see. Watch a two minute. Oh my God, Mischief is on the card. We got to go see that. <laughs> if it lasts more than two no, minutes, yeah, I'm saying that. <laughs> not, not Mischief versus Allison K. I'd rather, yeah, I'd rather see, I'd rather see that match than a headbangers match, to be honest. You want, you want to see? What? I want to see Dan Severn come back and manage the headbangers. Wow. And then, wow, Dan Severn could wear a skirt. That would be amazing. Wow, this is this is awesome. This is this is fantasy booking right here. Headbangers <laughs> are tag champs with Dan Severn as their manager. That what could possibly go millions of? We might finally get to the forty-three thousand IP per view buys people have been clamoring for. <laughs> Up next on the TV tapings is a match we were. Supposed to get at Glory by Honor, but other circumstances got in the way. But we'll see Roderick Strong versus Tadarius Thomas. I was excited for this at Glory by Honor. I was thinking this is the match I could possibly steal the show. And to be honest, I'm just as excited as I was at Glory by Honor. This should be really good. Mm, yeah, I think Tadarius Thomas is, is really impressive as he came in. Roddy always manages to get good matches out of, of people, so... Yeah, this, this should be really good. I was yes, again. I was disappointed that we didn't get it at Glory by Honor. I thought the match that we did get, Rhino and uh, Terry Thomas was, was quite poor. But I guess that was more of a segment than a match anyway. But um, yeah, hopefully they'll they'll give them you know ten minutes or whatever to put on a good match. And it looks like Terry Thomas is going to become you know sort of a semi regular. And I'm glad to see that. Hmm. In a Showdown of the Sun rematch, and what many consider could possibly be the Ring of Honor, not only the Ring of Honor match of the year, but the match of the year in all professional wrestling, Davey Richards takes on Michael Elgin. This is a huge match, especially for the television taping. This is the match people thought could main event final battle this year. And to see, to see it on free TV, I know it's not smart business, but I'm more than happy they did it. Yeah, I, I, I suppose you could make the argument that they should have kept it back for a pay per view, but I, I, you know, I, I think this is fine for for TV. I mean, it, it should be a great match. Again, I hope they're given enough time to, you know, put on a, a really competitive match. Um, but yeah, I mean, they, they've proven that these two can, you know, these two guys have proven that they they can sort of work together and put on a good match. So I expect more of the same. And again, yeah, there, there, there is some really strong looking uh, matches for this TV taping. So. Hopefully it'll come out. Uh, come out okay. Well, talking about strong matches, it's time. Oh, that would have been perfect for the Roderick Strong segment. Yeah. No. Uh, yeah. Did just say it again. We'll go over it again. People want to know what. Want to know what we got doing. strong matches. It's Roderick Strong versus <laughs> Darius Thomas. <laughs> but Scum defends the ROH World Tag Team Championships against the BJ Express, and I, in a rhyme I did not intend to happen, could not care less. <laughs> I that the, the whole BJ Express team just 
I don't know. I just don't care for them at all. I mean, I, I do like Scum. I think they've they've been good as a tag team champion so far, and I do like them as a team. Yes, I, I, I like Scum quite a bit, but the BJ Express just do nothing for me whatsoever. Uh, I, mean, I, I, I do like BJ Whitmer, and he, I think he's looked he's looked pretty good since he came back. But I don't know, Red Titus, since, since King left, he's just... I, th- I honestly thought that he was going to be the next big singles guy in ROH. I mean, you know, he had that title match with Steen and he had that um, big six-man cage match and I thought they were going to really push him. But I, I just don't think he's I just don't think he's got what it takes to be sort of a, a big singles guy. I mean, he's not great on the mic. And even, I don't know, even in the ring, I think he he's, he's good, but he's... I don't know, I, I just think he's very bland. There's nothing really that makes him sort of stand out from... From anybody else, and you know him and well, the BJ Express. It just seems to. Be, I mean, it is sort of a, just a, a forced tag team, and it it's never been sort of explained why these two guys are together and why should why we should care that they're together. And I don't know. I can't see this lasting very long. This team because I don't think anyone really sort of cares about it. I mean, they're, they're two good wrestlers on their own, but I don't think they make a a great team to be honest. The only thing I can think of is that they both dislike scum. But other than that, I don't see any reason for them two to tie together. Yeah, it's just again. It, I mean, I, I do like both guys. Uh, you know, singles guys. As I said, I think Rhett has, I don't know, just fallen away a bit since Kenny King left. But I'm not sure these two are going to work as a team. It might be just better for them to maybe have a couple of months run up until final battle and then go separate ways and just try and freshen Rhett up a bit. Maybe even bring back the old sort of. Um, you know, the Addicted to Love gimmick, because at least that would make Yes, it with the bow ties. And the I, I, actually, I, I love that gimmick. I hope they do bring that back. Mate, you That's know, one of my favourite gimmicks of all time. That was amazing. Maybe even turn him heel in the new year and just have him be like completely, you know, massive dick and just... I don't know, I just think they just need to... Like they did with Lethal, just freshen him up a bit and make him a bit more interesting, I think. Yeah, we, get, we have another title match and another rematch from... From a match, and I think it was best in the world, where they had, where they stole the show, where Adam Cole defends the ROH World TV title against Kyle O'Reilly. Again, I am looking forward to this match so much. Their hybrid fighting rules match was just incredible, and the match they had, I think it was at the new, at the Carolina show last month, was said to be a very good match, and Adam Cole and Kyle O'Reilly are both extremely good in the ring. So this should be nothing short of a great match. Yeah, I'm disappointed this wasn't done at the final battle. I mean, screw Matt Hardy. This should have been... Dude, we're getting Matt Hardy. Dude, <clears throat> yeah. we're getting Matt Hardy and the Headbangers on the same show. <gasps> wow. WWF attitude right there. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. I, still, I, I was hoping this would be done at final battle because, you know, final battle is supposed to be the show where, you know, big feuds are sort of, you know, get their payoff, but... Uh, that saying being said, it should still be a great match, and um, I'm expecting Cole to to win. But hopefully they'll they'll do something with O'Reilly after this as well. Maybe they're gonna. I mean, they keep sort of teasing that O'Reilly and and Davey are gonna do something. I hope they do because I think O'Reilly just needs just needs to be made relevant again. I mean, he just completely went off the uh, sort of landscape a bit, and I think he's lost all the momentum that he did get, but hopefully they'll they'll get him back on track. And yeah, the, the match should be really good. I mean, Adam Cole always puts on a good match, and these two have have really good chemistry. So yeah, another one I'm looking forward to. Yeah, you heard it here first. Davy Richards will cost Kyle O'Reilly this match. Yeah, that is my do. bold prediction. And in the main event, Kevin Steen defends the ROH World Title. Against everybody's favorite wrestler, Mike Bennett. I am super excited to see <laughs> Mike Bennett get a title shot. I think he has received so much unnecessary hatred, and I'm and I'm really looking forward to see what he can do with Kevin Steen in this kind of opportunity. And I know Steen's going to win, and this is just another title defense for him. But I think this is a huge opportunity for Bennett to prove what he can do. And it's a nice, and Bennett's a big enough name to make it a nice title defense on television. Yeah, this is one of those strange matches where it, it probably technically won't be the best match, but I'm sort of really intrigued just to see how it sort of, how it goes down sort of thing. It's like, 
I don't know, just like Funaki taking on Triple H or something in the. You know, <laughs> if we're, if we're going to go really retro and be WWF the whole podcast, yeah, this is like Funaki take, taking on Triple H. It's not going to be a classic, but you just sort of be like, I actually want to see this to see what happens. Um, I'm not saying Mike Bennett's as good as Funaki because who is? But um, no, not even then, no. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm actually yeah, I am interested to see how this goes and. I think Bennett's another guy, a bit like O'Reilly, who needs to sort of, he just needs a bit of momentum again, um, get back on track. I mean, I'm disappointed that him and um, Mondo couldn't finish off their little feud because that was going well. But hopefully they'll give Bennett something to do uh, while that's while Mondo's on the shelf. But um, yeah, they, they, I think this match will, will surprise a few people. I think, a few, you know, some people have probably written this up already with Bennett being in it, but... I'm, I'm, I think this will be interesting, and uh, yeah, it'll be something different. I think so. That's always good, and I think I think uh, we needed someone else in there for the, the you know getting a world title shot rather than the same guys over and over again. And this was done by random lottery drawing. I, I think RRH put it as so. Um, congratulations to Bennett for winning the lottery. Absolutely, good job, Bennett. Yeah. And. Uh... That's pretty much it for the TV tapings for uh, lead up to Final Battle. So, like we said, after this, we we should know pretty much the full card for Final Battle and how it's going to take place. And next week on the ROH cast, we'll discuss the spoilers for this show. So, if you want to know what happens, just listen next week. And if you don't want to know what happens, we'll we'll tell you when we're going to talk about it, so you won't get a spot. So or will get... we? <laughs> yeah, we will. <laughs> Um, Ring of Honor has also announced more dates for 2013. So far, they have six dates announced for the first half of next year, which I think is kind of stupid because we all know the world is ending in, De- in this December. <laughs> but on January 5th, there's a television taping in Baltimore. January 18th, there's a live event in Detroit, Michigan. The next night, January 19th, Ring of Honor returns to Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Ring of Honor's first IP review of 2013 takes place March 2nd with the 11th anniversary show from Chicago Ridge, Illinois. April 5th is the Supercard of Honor's 7th IP review from New York City. And May 4th, Ring of Honor returns to Toronto, Ontario, Canada with another IP review, which we assume will be Border Wars 2013. So it's good to see they're returning to a lot of cities. And also on February 16th, just announced Ring of Honor returns to Cincinnati. So it's good to see Ring of Honor is returning to these cities and it's starting to fill the schedule out more. Yeah, I think towards you know the last few months there really haven't been that many events. I know when we did the interview with the Young Bucks last week, they were one of the things that you know they were a bit annoyed with. You know, obviously not being booked was the main thing, but even if they would have been <laughs> booked, you know, they were they were being promised uh, you know six to eight eight shows a month when they first signed and. You know, that's, there's been nowhere near that. I mean, over the last 12 months, I'd say, I mean, has it averaged out about about two a month? one show a month. Yeah maybe, yeah, maybe less than two a month. Maybe like one, yeah, maybe one and a half a month. I mean, they were saying that, you know, when, when Carrie was running the company, RX was doing more shows, which doesn't really make sense. But, um, I th- yeah, I think doing the more shows and returning to markets that they've done well in is, is always good. So hopefully they can build... The fan bases, uh, you know, build them up in them areas. So, uh, yeah, that's good. And there's an exclusive match on Ring of Honor's website. Wow, well, who is it? Are you ready? I am ready. The Headbangers. Yes! I don't think we've talked about them enough yet. Wow. Take I've on Fusion. I've actually yeah, seen I, Take on Fusion DS. Yeah, I've seen this. It, it's on their YouTube page. I think they posted it on their website, but the link, like there was no video for some reason. But um, yeah, it was on their YouTube channel, and it was, it was bad. It was, it was pretty so you bad. Willingly watched this match. I did. It was seven. I think it was seven minutes long, including introductions. Um, and they really put over on commentary how amazing the headbangers were. Yeah, they were saying about how they're instantly recognisable around the world and. So as you know, as we said earlier, they're going to equal ratings. You know, they're going to, there's going to be people in you know Thailand and in 
in Luxembourg who are going to be you know hearing about the headbangers and they're going to watch RH TV for the first time and be like, wow, it's the headbangers, and <laughs> it's going to create millions of new fans for RH and it's going to be incredible. So, because if there's one complaint I've heard about Ring of Honor, it's not the production values. No, 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 no. It's it's not other things. It's that the headbangers weren't in Ring of Honor. Have I told you how many times I received emails and tweets oh, God, yeah. and Facebook messages telling me the reason they don't watch Ring of Honor is because the headbangers aren't there? I, I, I it's, it's uncountable. I, I can't yeah. count it. You know, when we ask for for topics and questions every week from fans, you know, if we actually read out everyone we got, ninety percent of them would be why why aren't the headbangers in ROH? Why aren't they booking the headbangers? But you know, we couldn't answer that question every single week because it would just get boring. But yeah, we, we we told ROH that, you know, the fan base wants these guys. So maybe that's why they uh, unmasked them. Uh, I think Nigel actually said during the match as well that, uh, I think he said, well, we're wondering why they've, why they came in as the Gardens of Truth, because this is how we all know and love them, as the head <laughs> <laughs> It wasn't when they were the, the flying nuns or the Sisters of Love, that's not how you remember and love them? No, I don't remember them as the sisters of love. They uh, they'll always be the headbangers to me. They'll always be the weird dudes who uh, wore skirts. They and had seizures. Yeah, that's they're the guys I love. They're the guys I remember from 1997 and that massive <laughs> WWF tag team title win. Yeah, they're the ones. But um, yeah, the, it was the match itself was pretty sloppy. It was basically them. It was more or less them wrestling as the guys of truth. They might as well have been wearing the masks because it was just all. More or less the same, and they didn't really get any reaction. They botched, they botched the finisher as well. They didn't really botch it, but it wasn't very well timed. It was sort of, um, I, I can't really. It was a sort of, uh, maybe like a spine buster and a sort of a jumping leg drop at the same time. So if you've been teaming together for at least fifteen years and you can't even properly execute your finishing move, yeah, I know that they. they like the obviously he was supposed to jump and sort of leg drop him as he was hitting the mat, but he'd hit the mat about five seconds earlier and then he did the leg drop. And then Nigel was like, "Brilliant timing from the headbangers," <laughs> and he really wasn't. <laughs> so yeah, it wasn't it wasn't great, and it didn't really fill me with confidence going forward, to be honest. And I think it when I'd watched it, it had one one comment, and the comment was, "Why the hell are you booking the headbangers?" And that says <laughs> it, that says it all, really. That that comment speaks to the RH fan base. I think there are no positives of bringing the headbangers in, but. Well, this Saturday, something else pretty big happens. So we not only have to look forward to a Headbangers match, and we not only have to look forward to a QT Marshall match, but a new authority what figure what will be a new authority figure will be announced this Saturday in Pittsburgh, as Jim Cornette has been officially removed as the executive producer for failing to keep order. So it should be pretty interesting to see who they introduce as the new authority figure. Because I really don't know who it could be, unless it's Carrie. I don't know who in, who who has had like any kind of history in Ring of Honor could potentially be the new authority figure. Yeah, no, no, you've said that. I wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised if it is Carrie because surely they're not going to pay someone to come and play a role like that. I mean, or possibly Joe Carr. There's only two I can see. <laughs> or Patrick Edwards. Yes, yes. <laughs> that would be a heel. Patrick Edwards just basically. Making loads of matches that no one else wants to see. He can claim that he booked the headbangers, and then put he puts them in loads of like title matches. And yes, they see this is what we're booking RH for you right now. This is this is how you make money. This is Patrick Edwards as the on-screen authority figure. It's gonna be him, but my my outside choice, Shane Hagedorn. Yeah, that'd be interesting. I wouldn't be totally against that. Yeah. Maybe uh, Grizzly Redwood. Oh, yeah. Grizzles, as I like to call them. Grizzles. <laughs> Little grizzles. <laughs> uh, and right. wrap up the news, oh, sorry, which has taken way too long because of our infatuation with the headbangers. There is a new article on ROHworld.com by Dave uh, called The Resurrection, where it kind of details the resurrection of the Kevin Steen and El Generico feud and what it unfolds and what could possibly happen in it. And it's a really good read, so if you haven't Check it out. Go go read it. You will not be disappointed. Yeah, it was it was a, a good article, and we also had um, I don't know if well, I suppose most people listened to that. But last week we had um, the young books on RH cast. That's why we didn't have the usual sort of TV report and the uh, and the news sections. We had a 
an hour interview with the, the Young Bucks. Uh, they're really cool guys. Uh, they, yeah, they joined us for over an hour. Um, and if anyone's wondering what the weird noises are towards the end of the interview, they're actually Matt's, uh, Matt's baby started, uh, started crying about halfway through. So we had to stop and then uh, let him uh, feed the baby, but she was still... Uh, what she still wanted to be on ROH cast, so she was making uh, a bit of noise. But because the ROH cast makes you famous. Yeah. So yeah, the Matt, you know, Matt Jackson's baby is is now famous because of ROH cast. But yeah, they were really cool guys. They discussed a lot about ROH. They gave quite a lot of insight about um, you know what's going what's going on behind and you know behind the curtain. And they made some very interesting comments about ROH's financial situation and what they were told and. It was just, uh, you know, I think you should, it was, I mean, uh, have you listened to it, John? I suppose because I was sort of involved in it. I can't say it was that good because I was involved, so I'm going to say it's good. It was It was a really good listen. Uh, they really provided some nice insight to what's happening backstage and why they went through what they went through with the company and not being booked and kind of how it affected them. And they really talked about their future and what it what it entails and, I thought it was a really good listen. It was a lot of fun, especially when they answered the really controversial question about their air guitar skills at the end. Yeah, and and they also I don't know if that's actually been re- I say revealed, but sort of told anywhere else. But the the actual story behind the whole Booker T disrespect thing at WWE that was that was quite a funny story as well. Um, and also a funny story about Vince Russo that was quite humorous. <laughs> that, that is typical Vince Russo as well, but. Um, yeah, where it makes absolutely no sense. <laughs> yeah, that's been true. So, so um, yes, um, that's on the website. I think you can also get it on the forum. But um, that's yeah, it's a good read, uh, a good read, a good listen. Even and talking about Vince Russo, we're going to now segue into the topics and uh, what topics and questions that you've sent in via Twitter, Facebook, and the forum. Uh, How did that? How did that transition work with Vince Russo at all? We've got a question about Vince Russo. That, don't, oh. cut, don't cut me off. I apologize. We have a question about Vince Russo. It's from M3T Nero on Twitter. He asks, would you like to see Vince Russo join ROH? I think he could really help with the promos for some guys there. If he just comes in the host with the promos, yes. But I can't see him ever working in a company like ROH. That's, I have a feeling that he would think a company like Ring of Honor would be below him. Since it's not a huge national presence, if that makes sense. I don't mean yeah. to be running the company, but I'm just trying to think from Vince Russo's point of view. But I honestly, what I would like to see Vince Russo do is write a sitcom. Because I think that would be the most entertaining <laughs> sitcom ever made. I, I don't think no, I don't think there's any ever chance, you know, ever any chance of Vince Russo coming to ROH. As you said, I think he'd think it was sort of below him. You know, he, his sort of style of, of writing is completely sort of the antithesis of what ROH was built on. Um, I just don't think he'd be a good fit for ROH. Or, and I think he'd demand sort of more or less all full control as well. And with with Jim Cornette being in the company somewhere, that's never going to happen. So, uh, oh, yeah, they do hate each other. <laughs> just a little bit. Whether I'd like to see it, to be honest, I, I guess for a little bit it would be interesting just to see what he would do. But after about two weeks of him putting the tag team bouts on the headbangers and just doing crazy shit like that, it'd probably get a bit annoying and, yeah, it probably wouldn't be uh, very enjoyable. Um, M3T Nero also asks, what was the reason for Austin Aries leaving ROH? Wasn't it? Didn't they just let him go, I think? Yeah, I believe. Wasn't it around when Delirious took over as head booker? Yeah, they, just, I think they decided to go their separate ways. I guess he wasn't in Delirious's long-term plans. Yeah, I'm not sure. If, I'm not sure if Pierce was still around. It was 2010 sometime. I know that the basically RH just his contract ran out. I think and RH didn't sort of resign him. And uh, I mean, uh, there's been a lot. You know, there's been lots of on the internet spoken about Aries and about how sort of he's a difficult character backstage and stuff like that. And I know since he's left, he's made lots of sort of comments about ROH. I know he he keep in an interview he did recently, I think he called ROH Sm- uh, Smoky Mountain of uh, Honor and said, like, um, all the guys that built up ROH aren't there anymore and it's not the same company, it's just called the same. So I think he's still a bit bitter from what happened from when he left. But, you know, I've still, you know, if anything happened with him leaving TNA, I'm, I'm sure ROH would, would be, you know, quick to, to try and sign him because he's such a good, uh, good wrestler. But um, moving on. Uh, 
at Noopdog asks who's going to replace Cornet. I suppose we've spoken a bit like a bit about that. I'm I'm going to guess Carrie Silkin just because I can't think of anyone else that would really fit the role. I'm not really sure RH really needs somebody to play that character, but uh, whatever. Um, N I Maiden asks, do you think Michael Elgin is the next big thing on the indie scene? Also, your thoughts on a William Mac run in ROH? Is he the next big thing? I think he's already the next I think he is already the big thing. Yeah, I think he's more or less, especially in ROH, and I know he does a lot in PWG as well, I think he's probably one of the top indie guys at the moment, to be honest. Absolutely. Him and Adam Cole are the two pretty much carrying the independent scene right now, if you ask me. Yeah. Um, I know we, we get a lot of questions about Willie Mack and a lot of other guys, and I haven't really seen that much of William Mack because I don't watch too much PWG. But yeah, I've seen like two PWG shows, which is kind of blasphemy when it comes to professional wrestling. But I've heard, from what I've heard of, here, yeah, I've had a lot of good. From what I hear, William Mack's really good. So if he gets the opportunity in Ring of Honor, I'd love to see see what he has. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see him in matches against a lot of the RH guys. But I believe he doesn't isn't he live in California or he's based out of LA somewhere. So and we all know how willing. Ring of Honor is to bring in California. Yeah. he could sign a contract and not get used for twelve months if he likes, but that's about as as much as uh, RH will give him. Um, at Crystal Jacks twenty six asks, um, "Hi guys, it's Crystal. I'd like you guys to go through and fantasy book final battle using current roster. Thank you." Ooh, uh, kind of hard uh, to uh, put in, on the spot here. In anticipation of this this question, I actually wrote down a few matches that. More, uh, more or less sort of nailed on. I mean, you've got Elgin and Strong, which is sort of... Yeah, that's going to happen. Um, I've put Briscoes against Scum, maybe, because of the the match they had at Gorobina, which was sort of... Uh, I know uh, Carino hit a low blow, didn't he? And it was sort of a screwy finish, so... Maybe Briscoes and Scum for the tag titles. Um, obviously, Adam Cole and Matt Hardy. Should be Cole and O'Reilly, but oh well. Um, CNC against the Bravados again, maybe. Um, I can't really think who else who else CNC could wrestle. Um, well, maybe maybe they get the title shot then. CNC versus Carino and Scum. Yeah, and then maybe oh, then maybe they'll do the Briscoes and Headbangers. Oh no! Thanks a lot for that. Oh John. yes. <laughs> and then um, obviously we're going to get Wrestling's Greatest Tag Team and the BJ Express. I'm I'm guessing as well. So. Yes, and I'm guessing we're probably going to get. Well, I'm hoping we're going to get Generico, and Steen. Oh yeah, I forgot about that one. <laughs> but uh, that leaves what what happens for people like Bennett. What happens to and, Lethal? And, and Jay, I guess we could do Lethal and Bennett. Or or they'll do some sort of like six corner survival or. Yeah, they'll probably do that sort. Of, they used to do like a lot of six. six Six, is it six corner? No, it's not four corner survival. Six corners? Yeah. Since when did anything have six corner? Um, yeah, four yeah. or six man mayhem or what? Or whatever. I don't know. But um, yeah, there, there's there is a lot. Of, I mean, like O'Reilly. What? There's nothing for him to do really. And yeah, Lethal's going to be the odd man out really, especially if it's Generico against Steen. I mean, what does Lethal do? I'm not really sure. But yeah, I mean, on on paper that doesn't look like a bad card to be honest. But um. We'll have to see how it plans out. I suppose we'll see. We'll know more after this weekend's TV taping. Um, yeah, ask us again next Tuesday, and we'll be able to tell you. <laughs> At Fast Jab asks, "What's the scariest thing you've seen in the RH ring outside of Brian Danielson's white butt at the hundredth show?" <laughs> um, the scariest thing. Wow, I think that's that, Stephen. I suppose I think you mean scariest is in like. That's disgusting, but I think one of the scariest things I've ever saw was the it was Jimmy Jacobs and BJ Whitmer a match they had. I can't remember exactly what show it was. Oh, like, to the outside where yeah, like, oh. when they, he did he was they were on the top rope and he tried to do the power bomb, and they and I think it was BJ Whitmer went to power bomb Jacobs and he slipped and sort of fell backwards and then Jacobs just sort of fell and like back first right on the edge of the the ring and it oh it was horrible. I don't know how both guys sort of walked away with that with no injuries or anything. I thought one of them was going to die, to be honest. Yeah, that was... that was Yeah, I have to agree. That was terrifying. Um, I don't really know who... What else? I can't, I can't really think of... 
too much else. Sort of off, off top of my head. Pretty much any time I see like a suplex or the guy lands, like a German suplex where the guy lands on his head, I can't help but cringe. Because that just scares the crap out of me. Yeah, they, I know Richards takes a lot of them, and yeah, it's, it is a bit scary at some points. Um, but moving on, uh, Facebook, Stephen Sutton asks, who do you think is a new authority figure of ROH? We've got that. Um, I asked for some topics, like sort of general life ones, rather than specifically wrestling, because, you know, I, I think we should break, you know, sort of branch out into the agony aunt section and make this sort of a, a wide-reaching podcast. So, discuss life problems and everything. Yeah, so AJ Ramirez gives us a topic, and the topic is Honda Civics. I've got well, a, I've been... an unknown, I know zero things about cars. I don't drive. I'm not sort of one of these guys that loves cars. I'm not really, I don't really care about cars, so I'll pass it on to John. Yes, I've actually been looking <laughs> for a new car over the past few weeks, and I said car really weird, like I'm Canadian right there. Let me try oh. saying that again. I've been looking for a new car these last few weeks. And last Friday, I actually went to a Honda dealership and looked at a Honda Civic. Wow. And by looking at a Honda Civic, I saw the price. I was like, nope, too expensive. <laughs> and I left. <laughs> That's a great story. And, well, I'm looking at cars.com right now. For, at the that website, itself. cars.com. That is a website. <laughs> That's brilliant. And look at the 2012 Honda Civic, and the price is anywhere from 1575 the twenty six thirty three oh five. So it ranges from affordable to too expensive. Looks to get good highway mileage from anywhere from thirty one to forty one miles an hour. And just let me tell you what cars.com likes and doesn't like about the two thousand twelve Honda Civic. Please do. What they like is the improved mileage, the competent performance, the larger back seat in the sedan edition, the SI more powerful for two thousand twelve. The hybrid is more redefined, and the Ford visibility is improved. But what they don't like is that the higher mile per gallon costs more. The body roll, especially the SI model, main transmissions are 5-speed. Some cabin materials, and the drum rear brakes on lower trim. So I'm not really sure what any of that means, but they don't like it. (laughs) So yeah, so AJ Ramirez, sorry, but cars.com does not the Honda Civic. Um... He also asks, uh, we will, will we ever see ROH action figures? Uh, I hope so. That'd be I don't cool. think so, but that'd be cool. Yeah, I used to collect the WWE ones back in the day, so that'd be quite cool. I used uh, to have a Martian Thrasher. <laughs> came with the trash can. <laughs> uh, I hope they're going to be included in the ROH card game that's coming out in November. Do we need to make a ROH cast where we play that card game? I hope it's yeah. like Pokemon or Magic. Yeah, we're going to have to, uh, yeah, we've got the energy card. We're going to have to do a live IRH cast of that. Um, Christian says we need more of the Cole and O'Reilly feud. I agree. I keep saying this should have been at Final Battle, but there we go. Ken asks, well, says, with both Mike Mundo and Tommaso Ciampa out of action, do you think the RH will start a sock hop division? I'm not really sure what a sock hop is. Is it like a potato sack race? Oh, I'm guessing it is, yeah. Oh, okay. Um, no, but that'd be quite entertaining, I think. That would be... Yeah, that should do that. That'd be quite... Instead of... Who, inside think, race, just get... who in Ring of Honor do you think would be best at a potato sack race? Wow. Um, maybe someone small? Maybe Grizzly Redwood? That makes sense. Yeah, I suppose he's not really in Ring of Honor anymore, but... Or if you're having to do a three-legged race with somebody in Ring of Honor, who would you choose as your partner? <laughs> um, Maria. I was going to choose Maria or Veda Scott. <laughs> Damn. But you have Veda Scott, and then we'll, we'll be okay. Okay. Um, Macklin says, so many trolls. They, were, they weren't trolly questions. They weren't that bad. I, d- I did say I wanted wrestling-related or not questions, so... We are. We're branching out. We're making this. We're making this a live podcast. You know. We're, now Harry's gone. We don't. We don't have to restrict this. We've got no. We've got no suits. Yeah, Harry's been holding us back. Now that his contract's ran out. Yeah, we've got no we suits. Can, we can show our full too. potential. Yeah. Then now the suits have gone. We can do what we want. There's no, there's no PG <laughs> on this anymore. We can say what we want. Um. Onto the forum now. Robert Reed asks, Would you be interested in seeing Return of the Trolls series with some of the new guys? R H seems to be bringing in, such as Page Fish. 
Marcelliger, Thomas Young, ACH, etc. Yeah, I like to see a new trial series. I thought that was a good idea the last time they did it. Just yeah. didn't use it with the right person, I don't think. But yeah, I think it was it's a good, good idea. idea. They just didn't capitalize on it, and Andy Ridge was never really going to be a big RH guy anyway. So I think he was under with the right guy. I think it would it would really work. Uh, if so, where would you like to see it? TV, iPad views, or house shows? I think you could probably combination. Spread, yeah, you could probably spread it over all of them, to be honest. Um, yeah. Uh, right, Marcus Troll questions of the week. Uh, I believe he sent new music to Harry, but we don't. You know, we haven't got the budget for music anymore, so this is just the troll questions, if Marcus. Um, my, That's a good my, intro. Thank you. Mike Mando's going to be absent for nearly a year. Is he the is he the hero RH deserves, but not the one it needs right now? <laughs> I know Marcus loves Mike Mando actually. I don't know if he's just trolling, but I think I think he does. Is it possible that with Mando's injury, he could spend his time off as the new executive producer? Oh no, that's going to happen. Oh no. <laughs> Will we finally see a Maria on a pole match, the likes of which will have RH shut down forever? Are <laughs> SBG doing this because they hate women in ROH? We have to stop them. Get the Fire Jim Cornette Facebook people to start a new campaign for firing Mike Munda before we get to the On a similar note, I heard the Fire Jim Cornette guys came for the first time when they read the news. <laughs> <laughs> See, this isn't PG anymore. There are no suits. Um, yeah, thank you for that, Marcus. Um, DX vs. NWO in 1994 asks, with Cornette now officially being removed from power, who do you see replacing Cornette? We spoke about that. Um, also, with the House of Truth pretty much done, what do you see Truth Martini doing going forward? I see, I see him getting new clients and continuing to be the most entertaining person on the roster. Yeah, they need to keep him on some... I mean, Sammy Prince Nana in the embassy, I mean... Maybe have them sort of combining and doing some sort of collusion thing. A bit. Both of them are just so good. They, they, they need them, I think, in some aspect or in a shape or form on the roster. Um, Rubber Reed got, got a couple of general live questions. First one is, which is better, UK or USA? Border USA. War. Uh, I didn't hear the full question. I just heard UK versus USA. Yeah, that and was my, it. And it was just, at the end was just Border War. Um... I don't know. I think both have got their pros and both have got their cons. I mean, I, I'm not sort of. I, I haven't left. I have to leave my house because of a hurricane. So that's that's one up for the UK right there. Yeah, well, hurricanes are a good reason to have a hurricane party. <laughs> hurricane is is that real? Yeah, we have hurricane parties all the time. Because <laughs> there's nothing else to do. They so might as well just get a bunch of people together and have a party. Fair enough. Um... I mean, I I like a lot of sort of the U.S. culture. I like a lot of U.S. sports and TV shows. So I'm not gonna. I mean, basically, all I'm doing at the moment is watching The Walking Dead, which is more or less my life at the moment. So, uh, and now I'm a fan of the Jaguars because of John. So yeah, go Jags. And they and they're gonna be the UK. You know, they're gonna be playing a game in the UK for the next four years. So maybe we could just say both of them are, are as good as each other and just leave it at that. Uh, the next question is, this is a really good question. Are you guys beard fans? Beard? Beard fans, yeah. Have you seen my face? Yeah, I, I, I don't think, if, if you saw us, I think you'd, you'd know that we were both beard fans. I mean, Mike I, Knox is my favorite wrestler of all time because of his beard. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm a, I, I'm, I'm a beard fan. I like wearing a beard. Um, I'm wearing a beard right now. It, it, I, I've, I've had a beard since I was four. <laughs> You've never shaved since you were four. I have not shaved. <laughs> I recently saw where Grizzly Wet Redwood has been growing his beard since 2008 and once found weak old taffy in it. And that made me respect him more than anything else ever could. <laughs> yeah, not the fact that he like almost died when he was a kid and came back. You're like, nope. But when you found that out, you're like, I respect the guy. Exactly. I would shake that man's hand. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I think I, I didn't really think I wanted a beard. And then one time I couldn't be bothered to shave and just let it sort of grow. And then I thought it looked okay. And then like I've been, I've sort of had an on and off beard for the last few years really now. I mean, I, I, I think I look weird without a beard. 
Yeah, that rhymed. I, <laughs> I look really young with that beard, and I don't like looking young. I like looking like a man. Yeah, when I don't have a beard, I look like I'm 12. Yeah, me too. But when I do have a beard, I look like I'm 30. So there's that odd, do I yeah. want to look way older than I am or no, way I, younger? I never, got, I never got ID'd at bars either when I have a beard, which is good. I mean, I have ID anyway, but it's just like, ha, I didn't get ID'd. Because they're like, yeah. you know, if you've got a beard, we can't ID you. you, you that, the, the beard is the ID. That's all you need. Exactly. You're a grown man. You're a, you contribute to society. Come on in. <laughs> Come on in. There's a party and you're all invited. Come on in. <laughs> Uh, and the last one we have is from oh god this guy. Oh one one more thing, no shave November starts on Thursday. Yeah, I was I was gonna sort of do that, but it will get crazy if I leave it a whole month. And I have nobody sort of sponsoring me, so it wouldn't be benefit of anyone. Right, the last um, well, it's not really a topic or a question. It's just. A comment from ROH World Harry, who, as we learned earlier from the the statement from uh, Edward Patrick, is that he's now a free agent. He's not contracted to ROH Cast anymore. He says ROH Cast that means going to be a state of emergency. I hope Podcast's worst nightmare doesn't cause a hostage crisis. I have an unbreakable hope that the show will have the same level of production as an ROH event. I think I think we way outproduced them. Yeah, our production has been. Yeah, it's been okay. I mean, we've not had we can't afford the music, but we've got a pretty sweet curtain right here that you can't actually see. But we enter through that. Um, you know, we've got the barricade. We've got yeah. We've, we've, I think it's pretty good. I mean, considering we've we're bleeding money, I think we've done okay. And uh, you'll have to let us know if we've you know. Do you want to see Harry back? Do we? Are we going to have to you know email him and try and. Yeah, send, send, us, send us your tweets and Facebook updates saying if you want Harry back or not. Yeah, ha- hashtag Harry back or hashtag Harry... Damn. Yeah. Yeah, hashtag Harry yes if you want him back. I don't know if, who would want him back. And hashtag Harry no if you want him to stay away forever because you know, we can't really afford him, but if, if the fans want him back, we're going to have to act. So, yeah, we're listening to the fans. We'll, we'll do what you want. But um, that's the end of this week's show. We should stop waffling on now and probably let everyone continue with their lives um i've been stephen thanks a lot john for joining me you are welcome and uh we'll see you all next week